live in Nashua, New Hampshire at the Palatial Q100 Studios on Main Street. It's the award-winning Independent Man Podcast. Here he is, the liberals' worst nightmare, the all-American, conservative, Christian, male, and father, the Independent Man. Hey, good evening and good morning. Actually, good morning, everybody. It is 12 midnight on the East Coast on Sunday morning in the year of our Lord, 2022, on August 29th. Well, I'm back at Communist Massachusetts. We are back here in the beautiful state of Massachusetts where everyone has the mask on and the BLM signs and the Stop Asian Hate signs are running rampant. My wife and I were in beautiful Fort Lauderdale, Florida for the week. Um, I had some business there to take care of, and along with business, we had some pleasure. The weather was beautiful, 93, 92 degrees, um, but it was not a humid 92, 93, believe it or not. It was a nice, nice coastal breeze on the beautiful beaches of Fort Lauderdale. I've never been to Fort Lauderdale before. I I um I have business that I've been doing there, and I plan on hopefully going there quite more often in the future for some business and maybe uh, staying there a few months of the year, out of the, especially in the winter. Anything to get out of this communist state of Massachusetts. I'm up here broadcasting live from the WQIN studios, Q100 on Main Street in Nashua, New Hampshire. I love New Hampshire. Um, don't get me wrong. The people here are great. New Hampshire is a beautiful state. Uh, but it's just too cold. Once um, November comes, from November till April, it's a tundra. Um, same thing back home in, in Massachusetts. I like lots of parts of Massachusetts, but the weather's awful. And um, the last couple of years with COVID, uh, this corona scam, it's just been awful with the people. The people are just brain dead. It, it's amazing the difference, uh, the talk about a tale of two state cities from, uh, I'll use Fort Lauderdale and compare to Boston. There's a lot of comparisons you can make with Fort Lauderdale. It's on the coast, right on the water, just like Boston. It has a lot of nice restaurants, uh, just like Boston. There's an area called Lauderdale by the Sea, Fort Lauderdale by the Sea, which kind of would be maybe closest to what uh, you have to a point with um, um, Seaport. In Boston, which is the newer area, um, Seaport has a lot of hotels. Um, there are some nice restaurants, a couple of nightclubs. But it's gotten very vanilla over the last couple of years. Once you've seen it a few times, it's just very plain and vanilla. It doesn't really have much of a character to it. Uh, the north end of Boston has a character, even though a lot of the Italian restaurants are owned by Muslims now, not by Italians. But you still feel that little Italy um, nostalgia you feel when you walk in the North End. Um, even though Florida doesn't really have that little Italy theme or the little neighborhood themes, um, they do have a beautiful um, cultural neighborhood, so to speak. Um, like Lauderdale by the Sea is right on the water. Um, there's many clubs there, restaurants. In fact, I ran into a friend of mine I haven't seen for over 20 years. Her and her husband left Massachusetts and just opened up a roast beef place in Lauderdale-by-the-Sea. Um, 
They're great people. They're a nice Italian family. And I had no clue they even owned it. It, it was, um, we walked in, I, as I walked in, I saw her business card with her name, and I said, this cannot be her. And as soon as I saw her card, she walked in and gave me a big hug. So they moved out to Fort Lauderdale. They lived in the Boston area all their life, um, but they couldn't stand the weather anymore. And um, so they're very happy living a great life in Fort Lauderdale. Then you have an area of Fort Lauderdale called Los Olas Boulevard. And that would be kind of comparable to Newbury Street in Boston, but it blows Newbury Street away. Newbury Street's a couple of miles, and this Los Olas is about, I'd say, triple of what Newbury Street is. And um, they have high-end restaurants, high-end shops, galleries, um, you know, candy stores. It's on a canal. It's hard to explain, but it's the main street, but the side streets, the... um, um, perpendicular streaks are all canals, which are similar like Venice. In fact, they call Fort Lauderdale the Venice of America. So it does have that Italian Venice feel to it. And the uh, restaurants are right there on the, um, on, the, on the canal. You can take a little boat there, or you, know, you can obviously drive and just walk into the door. But you can go through the sideway if you take the boat. So it's kind of like Newby Street. But Newby Street has a lot of buildings uh, for, that are vacant. Um, they're for rent, and anytime a city or town has that, that's not good. It's showing that people aren't spending the money or they don't, um, uh, businesses aren't investing in that particular area of the town. There's not one building for rent or lease on uh, Los Olas Boulevard. I always look at buildings and what's for rent, what's for lease, uh, just out of curiosity. Not not that I want to open up there a business. Not My business wouldn't fit well there, but I always just, as a business owner, like to see the town. You can tell a vibrant town and an area by their that downtown or their uh, water part of the town, that district. And if there's a lot of buildings that are vacant, then you know it's not going to last. But when there's um, nothing available, that shows you a booming town, a booming economy. And that, go, that goes back to Governor Ron DeSantis, the greatest governor in, in, this, in the country right now. And probably the future president or maybe vice president, if it's Trump, Pence, uh, Pence, God forbid, <laughs> uh, Trump DeSantis. Um, I spoke to probably 25 people just talking and passing. Um, there were seven or eight Uber drivers I spoke to. I spoke to several people at our hotel. I spoke to some people at the restaurant, and they all love Governor Ron DeSantis. Not one of them had anything bad to say about him. They all love uh, President Trump. Um, They all love the conservatism in Florida. They're saying how they're booming. Business is great. It's never been better. They are very happy there. They they laugh because they say the New Yorkers and the Bostonians and the New Jersey, they come in and they... Um, you know, they can tell them a mile a minute where they are, a mile apart. They got the mask on. They got that, um, you know, lost look in their eye like the sheep following the sheep, you know, the sheep herder. So, um, you know, we talked about it because when I said I was from the Boston area, this was after I talked about how much I loved Governor DeSantis and loved Trump and loved Florida. They said, you're not a typical northerner, uh, Bostonian, because most people come down here and they don't like DeSantis. They don't like Trump. And guess what? They don't have an answer why they don't like him. I had a um, nice, a bunch of nice Uber drivers, but there was one young man from Puerto Rico, 
His family came over from Nicaragua, went to Puerto Rico, then he eventually came to Florida, driving an Uber, and he works at a restaurant during the afternoon, drives the Uber at night. He's got a beautiful family, three young children. He showed my wife and I pictures of his family, just a beautiful family, hardworking immigrant. That just shows you how successful an immigrant can be when they follow the legalities of, to get in this country. And um, he raved about uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, President Trump, and living in Florida. He says, I would never go to the um, New England where there's uh, liberalism running amok. He says, it's, it's just crazy. He has friends that have been down there, and they come right back. So, um, and he, he, you know, just the affordability. They can't afford to live in Boston area, um, but you can afford to live in Florida. He has a home on the water, uh, three bedrooms. I'm just trying to think. He said he had a yard. Right in the water. I'm not sure if he had a pool. He pays $1,475 a month uh, for rent. He doesn't own it yet. He rents it. I think he's looking to rent to own. And he, it's right outside of Fort Lauderdale. And um, he just, um, it's actually in Fort Lauderdale. It's a part of Fort Lauderdale called Sher- um, Sheridan. And it's a little neighborhood in, in the Fort Lauderdale. And he was raving about it. He told us how much he paid. You can't get a... Uh, a, a, a dump in Roxbury in the Boston area for under 2000 unless you're on Section 8 and the welfare is paying for you. So uh, that just shows you right there. But you have an example of that gentleman driving the Uber in Florida, just talking, very sensible. He had an accent, but he was probably only had a, college, a high school education, but he was more educated than the people in Boston because I asked him, what did he like about Governor DeSantis? He gave me three or four points, what he liked about Governor DeSantis and about President Trump. Um, Coming home this evening from um, the airport, we had an Uber, obviously Boston, and he was the total opposite. I always bring up politics and we talk about what's happening around here, how's the weather, and Oh, by the way, um, you know, anything on Trump and and just to get him going and see what you fill him out. He says, oh, yeah, that Trump's going to go to jail and Mar-a-Lago and blah, blah, blah. I says, well, what, what, what did he do that he's going to go to jail? I don't know. I'm just watching Channel 4, 5, and 7 and CNN and MSNBC, and they tell me they're going to have an indictment against him. Well, I said, well, against what? I don't know, some papers or something. So the point is that the guy did not even know. He doesn't do his research. He just listens to what the TV says, the liberal left-wing vermin media just says Trump is bad. You know, DeSantis is bad. You know, Biden is good. The economy's good. The gas is down now. Boom, boom, boom. All these people are brainwashed. The gas is down. But it was, it should, it, it was, first of all, it was $2 a gallon when Trump took over. It went up to over $4. So now it's what, down to 3 So it's not down. It has to go down to 2 It's not down. It's still up a dollar. So that's a, that's a lie. The other issue is the job market. People are saying, oh, the jobs are coming back and people have, um, Biden has had the most job, um, you know, um, placements and all the presidents and, and the, the whole miracle turnaround. Ba, ba, ba. Here's an example I use. I have a business and let's say I had three people working for me full time and I had let the three people go because of COVID. Okay. So I let three people go towards COVID. So they're gone for a couple of years. Now I have rehired the three people back. That's not three new jobs. Those are three jobs that were lost, and now they're just three jobs coming back. If I was keeping the three on and hiring three more, then that's three new jobs to make it a total of six. 
So the numbers are screwed. Those three employees that I had hired back were let go because of the scam with the COVID virus. So they're not three new jobs. They're just three jobs returning from the from people being let go because of this uh, coronavirus. So, you know, Biden and the left wing, they're taking credit like they're making new jobs. They're not new jobs. Most of these jobs are just people who were let go that are finally coming back. But the idiots in this area have no clue. All they do is they hear WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Those idiots say new jobs alert for Boston. You know, 10,000 new jobs. Realize, they don't realize that it's not new jobs. It's the old jobs just coming back. All right. So that's the difference that, you know, and again, the people around Boston area are very educated. They're probably the smartest people in the country, but they are not common sense smart. They're book smart. They pass the test. They go to college. They got the pretty paper that hangs up in the wall in their bedroom that they look at every night and they drool over because they got a master's degree, but they have zero common sense. Don't forget, you can, still, you can, you can have a master's degree and still be a fucking idiot. Remember that. Just because you're smart on paper don't mean you have any common sense. I'll take that Uber driver from Puerto Rico that has only a high school diploma over any idiot in Boston that went to Harvard. Trust me, this, this guy's going to go places where those idiots are going to end up in the grave probably in three or four years because they're going to keep the mask on and it's gonna, they're going to get brain dead. So they, they have no clue. But anyway, that's just a little example. I could go on and on with the comparisons. Um, the food's delicious in Fort Lauderdale. Just like in Boston, you have different pots. Uh, I would probably give the edge to Boston a little more because Boston has delicious Chinese food. You can't find good Chinese food in, in Florida, really. Um, but I would definitely give the edge to Florida as far as the, the beauty of the beaches, um, the walk around, scen scenery, um, the uh, easy. Well, Boston's easy to get around by foot, but the traffic is unbearable. Fort Lauderdale, you don't have that traffic like Boston. You can get from, to point A to point B very easily. Um, the people are very happy. I'm not just talking about vacationers. I'm talking about people in general that work. When you go to a supermarket, you go to a coffee shop, you go to a uh, restaurant, uh, they're very friendly to you, much, friendly, much, much more friendly than they are in uh, the, the, the New England area. Um, but that's, that's always been known. The New England, New York, that area tend to be um, everyone's hustle-bustle, and they're not too friendly um, as they are in the South. So that, that's really nothing new. But um, so there's, there's a lot of comparisons. Um, a lot of people don't get out of Boston. I have friends that they think Boston's the best thing since sliced bread. And I said, where have you been to compare? I'm nowhere. Well, all right, fine. So get, get out. Get out of your bubble. Go to Florida. Go to uh, North Carolina. Um, go to South Carolina. Go, go travel a little bit. And then you tell me what do you think after you travel. Just like people that go to Fenway Park. Um, that, that place is a cesspool, Fenway Park. I had season tickets there for many years, and I dropped them after they hung that BLM flag um, on the Green Monster, so I canceled my season tickets, which was the best thing because it was at the point that I couldn't even give these season tickets away. I, I got them for business to give to customers and, and, and um, uh, families and for businesses who refer families to me, and people were like, gee, Ralph, uh, independent man, thank you for giving me the um, the tickets. But now people have to go into Boston. So, number one, they don't want to drive into Boston. Number two, the T to get into Boston is a nightmare. It's shut down right now as we speak, so it's gridlock. You can't get there. 
Number three, Kenmore Square, where the Fenway Park is located, is a dump. There are no restaurants. Uh, number four, Fenway Park has, uh, has the highest prices for uh, the tickets for the game and to buy a hot dog, a beer, a Coke, or a pretzel. Okay, you have to take out a second mortgage. So now you're going to be spending money on that, and it's crap. And number five, it's the most uncomfortable place to watch a ball game. So they could have knocked Fenway Park down or made it into a museum, and the owners could have went over to Seaport, which is the newer development in Boston. There was plenty of land. They had an opportunity to buy um, acres of land, develop Fenway Park there. The parking that would have been there. Again, there's no parking in Fenway Park. You have to take a tee. Um, there's no parking lots. There's small, small lots. They can't fit all the cars. But Seaport, where they had parking, they would have had the stadium on the water. They could have made it into a, you know, 50,000, 60,000 stadium instead of cramming 38,000 people in these little seats that you have to be a midget to fit into. If you're over 150 pounds, you don't fit into the seat. Um, half the ballpark has obstructed views. Uh, the other half, when you're looking at the park, uh, at the, at the, you know, you're sitting down watching the game, you have to turn your head to the left. If you're sitting in right field or right center field, uh, or even above the um, first baseline, you have to turn your head towards home plate. So by the time the game's over, you've got whiplash. You have to go to a chiropractor and get an adjustment. So it, it's just a horrible place. But it's a beloved ballpark because it's over 100 years old, and it's a shrine, and you know people like the uh, ambiance of it. It's become more of a museum. It's not a good place to watch a game, but it's, you know, for folks who want to visit it, once in a lifetime, I guess they like it because it's an experience. But, um, you know, you have to get out of your bubble because if you go to Camden Yards and you go to the new New York um, Yankee Stadium and these other ballparks that are rather new, it's a total uh, experience to go to have a beautiful stadium with comfortable seats and parking. And a lot of these stadiums are built on the waterfront, or they have a lot of nice restaurants around. It's become a beautiful um, kind of a whole take. You can make a whole day out of it. Fenway Park is not. It's in a neighborhood. It's uncomfortable. <clears throat> excuse me. It's in a, it's a lousy area, and there's no <clears throat> restaurants. Excuse me one moment. I got a little tickle in my toy here. Hold on a second here, folks. So that's the bottom line as far as Fenway is concerned. So, again, people are stuck in the little bubble. If they've gone to other stadiums, they'll say, oh, okay, I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, Fenway Park isn't the best. But, you know, if you're stuck in your little bubble and you don't know anything else, then you think where you are and what you do is the best. It, it just shows ignorance, that's all. But getting back to Florida, um, this past week when we were there looking at the news, Governor DeSantis obviously is all over the news. He's like a saint um, down there. And um, there's a Republican representative, Byron Donalds, uh, just today, he was on Newsmax. And he said the parents there have seen enough when it comes to the woke policies being placed on their children. Uh, there were five Florida school boards were all Democratic. And the last election, last couple of weeks, they all flipped Republican. So that's big. Five Florida school boards have flipped Republican. Um, the whole state, it's pretty much red. Yes, there's a little bit of Democrat here and there. You've got uh, Charlie Crist, who just won last week's election for the primary. He's going to face Ron DeSantis, and I, I think he's going to take a whipping. And a lot of the residents do not want Governor DeSantis to run for president because they want him to stay on as governor. They love him. They say, no, we want him to stay. 
Um, I spoke to probably a dozen people that said they want to keep him on. They're not wanting to run. I don't know if DeSantis plans on running. He, he would be a perfect running mate to Trump. Um, I don't know if the two of them with their egos could get along, but you could have Trump for four years as president, and then if all works out well with DeSantis, he could get two terms. That's eight years. You'd have 12 years between President Trump and President DeSantis to fix the mess we're in. We're going to need 12 years just to get back on track, not even to get any better, just to get on track and get where we were just two years ago under Trump. It's going to take that long just to get this country back on track. So it'd be great. There's some other quality um, candidates on the right, but I would say Trump and DeSantis are the two. And, um, but a lot can happen between now and the next um, year and a half, two years, as, as you saw um, in the news, obviously, in the, in the last couple of days, as, as you see every day with breaking news. But we just got a little clip here with Re- Representative Byron Donalds on Newsmax. I'm just giving a little bit of our behind the scenes on the Florida school boards that flipped Republican. The free state of Florida once again rejecting ridiculousness in education. Five Florida school boards flipped conservative in a statewide sweep, simply saying no to over-sexualization of our children and saying yes to reading, writing, and arithmetic like it used to be. Joining me now to discuss, Florida Congressman and member of the House Oversight Committee, Byron Donald. Sir, welcome aboard. Good morning. Good to be with you. Okay, this is, I woke up to this news. It's pretty awesome. Uh, But this is a big deal. Five school boards, and they said, look, we are, you know, we, we are not the, the woke school boards that you want us to be. These are not institutions of little children being over-sexualized. We want our kids to be taught how to put a man, on the, a man or woman on the moon, not drag shows. What do you say? Look, I say that Florida parents and Florida citizens are getting this thing right. They had seen enough. And this all goes way back to COVID-19. I know that seems like yesteryear for, for a lot of folks, especially here in Florida, but when we saw schools that were shut down, when we saw that there were school boards and and teachers unions that were not allowing some schools to open up, they wanted to override the governor's order here in Florida to reopen schools. They wanted to override the governor's order about masks being optional. They were, the school boards were saying, you have to do it on purpose. Then parents were seeing the stuff about gender ideology. They were seeing the stuff on CRT. And people in Florida were basically like, wait a minute, what is going on? This doesn't make any sense. This is not the way it used to be or the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, led by Governor DeSantis, we were able to flip a lot of these seats. And not just to change the seat here or there, but to change the entire complexion of the board in many districts throughout our state. And we're just beginning that work. Sure. Well, that's the great um, state of Florida with the representative Byron Donalds. Just giving you a little summary of how the uh, school board flipped Republican, and and people are tired of it. You know the difference you have in Massachusetts is they're te- teaching children in first grade how to put a condom on a cucumber. Where in Florida they're learning reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs>